If you watch the news very much, it don't make any difference whether it's uh, Fox or ABC, BC, BUL, whatever it might be. If you watch news very much, there's a tendency to get caught up in the negative sarcasm, don't know who to vote for, do politicians lie, is the answer in Washington. And if we're not very careful, you can become very discouraged in your walk with the Lord. But I'm here to tell you today, we're on the winning side. I'm glad I'm not looking for a hole in the ground, but a hole in the sky. I'm not looking forward to seeing the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. And I want to encourage you today that it is possible to survive five foot eight in a nine foot nine inch world. Have you ever heard of David and Goliath? Look in your Bible, if you would, please. 1 Samuel chapter 17. In verse number four, the Bible says, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. His height was six cubits and a span. A pretty good-sized dude. Verse number eight. And he stood and cried unto the enemies of Israel and said to them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and ye the servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Could I ask you, how do you act when your giants show up? Because we are and we all do have our giants. Verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Verse 38, and David armed, and Saul armed David with his armor and put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. David girded his sword about his armor and he essayed to go for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. When our giants show up, Do we arm ourselves with the things of the world to fight our giants or do we arm ourselves with the things of the spirit? But you don't understand, preacher, my problems are humongous. 
You mean nine foot, nine inch tall? Shoulders as broad as the front end of a thunderbird? His shield is so huge, he's got a servant to carry it for him. Big problem. Goliath kind of problems. Verse 40, and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy, and fair countenance. <laughs> and the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And David said, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the birds of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Verse 49, And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone, and slung it, and smote the Philistine in the forehead, and the stone sunk, sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. What do you do with your problem? Therefore David ran took upon and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out and the shield thereof and slew him and cut off his head. What do you do with your problems? You face them. You cut the head off. That way it doesn't come back. You said, you're talking about people? No problems. Be careful now. Don't get me in any trouble. I don't have a sword out this morning to cut all the heads off of people that don't like me. I like that, don't you? And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. When that one problem that's bugging you, you cut its head off, all the other ones flee. Because when you cut the head off of a problem with the Lord, you still have him. And the other problems just have to leave because they can do no harm to you. I just wonder today, do you ever feel like you're facing giants in your life? I'll not spend too much time this morning but the possible giants that many of us might be facing today could be in a category of unemployment, debt, diseases, depression, danger, abandonment, abuse, tragedy of all kinds, bills. You know anything about bills? Weaknesses, rejection, broken relationships, all of these things go into making up inabilities, addictions, habits that's no good, temptations, discrimination, fear, uh, past failures, discouragement, and anger. All of these show up on a regular basis down at our house. And the trials and troubles and tribulations of our life certainly occupy our mind on a regular basis. 
me ask you something. How long has it been since you heard the giants in your life shout into you, are you, you are not qualified to do what you're called to do? You're not a good mama. You're a sorry daddy. You're a sorry teenager. You, you, you're just not qualified. You're not good enough. All kinds of giants. You can't pay your bills, so claim bankruptcy. You can't save your marriage. It's too far gone. You are losing your kids if you're not careful. And you cannot stop the vices that you have uh, grown to uh, enjoy. You can't refuse pornography. Why, who in the world? That's too hard. You can't stop that forbidden relationship. Giants that are shouting at us all day long. You can't shake your past failures. No use trying again. Your future is not very bright. Your life actually is a mistake. Do you hear those giants screaming at you from time to time? You're not smart enough, pretty enough, skinny enough, strong enough, stink enough. In fact, your first name's Emma, and you spelled your last name M-E-S-S. Giants. Giants that crawls out of the nearing steps in our valley and begin to scream to us, you can't do it. It's useless. It's over. You're dead in the water. I just wonder today, the problems along the path of life, do they not seem so large sometimes that they're bigger than us. And the weight is so heavy and no one understands. All we can hear screaming day and night is the Goliath that is in our life, challenging us, demeaning us, Scaring us till we hang our heads in shame and walk off like a little puppy with his tail between his legs to find refuge under the porch. Feeling like a failure all because our Goliaths, after all, we're only five foot eight. He's nine foot and nine inches tall. How can we survive in a world with so many giants that screams at us every day? Shall we, like Saul and the armies of God, flee in dismay and retreat and be satisfied? with failure or is there a way to survive the fact of the matter is our Lord said in this world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world Paul resounded We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Your Goliath can be defeated. You can cut his head off, bless your heart, and he'll never return again. But you cannot do it in your own strength. Thank God we're on the winning side. There is hope. There is help. 
There is victory for the child of God. Look yonder in the valley, just a small shepherd boy, maybe 17 years of age. Ruddy, they said, with a fair countenance. Oh, he's the beautiful singer of Israel. He's the writer of psalms. He's the player of the harp. Look at him as he stands victorious over the Goliath, over the giant Goliath. Look at the impossible has just taken place. That which seemed to be defeat has now turned to victory. You can be that victor or you can be the victim. It's your choice. It's my choice. Amen. But I want you to know something. You need to be aware that in the day in which we live, we should be aware of what's coming down the pike. I don't know if you realize this or not, but dreaded things will come. Verse 24, look at it if you're in your Bible, if you would please. Verse 24. You know, everything can be going along just real great. You and mama are doing well. She's cooking and you're eating. And that's why powder is really baking powder. It's not arsenic. (laughs) And everything's fine. Everything's hunky-dory. Why, she even gave you a goodbye kiss this morning. And then you go home tonight and the dread, the dreaded things showed up. Verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled for him, for they were sore Afraid. Dreaded things have a way of showing up. The giants of our life. I was thinking, praying last night. And what are some of those dreaded things for our children? Bullying. Authority. It's an amazing thing to me how smart some of the kids are that goes to our Christian school and how dumb our teachers are. It's amazing how authoritative three and four year old kids are and how gullible parents are to think that their three-year-old kid is more mature than an educated teacher. My kid would not do that. I've raised six. There ain't nothing they won't do. There ain't nothing they won't steal. And it will be theirs because it's in their possession. But imagine the giants that little kids have to face going away from the security of the home and turn loose in a room full of bullies. And really, three and four-year-old kids don't know they're bullying. They're just being three and four-year-old kids. But a little kid that's being bullied dreads to go back to class. Kids' authority. The giants for the teens, I think, would be peer pressure, social media addiction. How do you know when addiction shows up? When you take the phone to the toilet. 
If you can't go to the John without texting somebody to find out how to go, you're addicted. Amen, Amen, preacher. Oh, I know you need the light. But teens are are fighting, wrestling, if you would please, peer pressure, peer pressure. If you can tell me the names of artists who sing in filthy songs, you're in trouble. You say, you're talking to Christian kids. No, I'm talking to teenagers who are teenagers. Who will be teenagers? As soon as you turn your head, they'll be teenagers. You said, I'll catch them. They'll turn, you'll turn your head again. It's amazing how much better everybody else's kids were than mine. It's amazing how holy your kids have been. And none of mine were holy. They were holy rotten. That's what's wrong with my kid. But these giants show up. Our kids face them. Our teens face them through social media and drugs. Our parents have giants that shows up every day. Kids, kids, and kids. That's the giants parents have to face. Christians have giants Continual giants, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and none of them ever ceases. They were always popping up at the wrong time. Always popping up. Always there. And believe me, they're dreaded things. Unbelievers have their giants. The God of this world hath blinded the minds, lest they see the light of the glorious gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, dreaded things keep showing up on a regular basis, godless things. We have godless enemies. I cannot watch what went on in Florida without absolutely tears coming to my eyes. I don't understand, I I don't comprehend. There's no way I can feel what those parents are feeling. No way in the world. Godless giants, Terrorist, if you please. Religionist, if you please. Secondly, humanist, if you please. Atheist, if you please. A godless education system that has kicked God out of the school. And now, how do we like the outcome? You see, there used to be hanging in the halls of our schools, thou shalt not kill. Godless, godless education system that teaches that your daddy was a baboon swinging from a bulldog tree. One day his tail broke off, hit the ground, stood up, and now he's teaching in our secular educational system. We wonder why our kids look at us like caves looking at a new gate, not knowing whether to jump or run. We talk about God and send them to a godless education system. Well, it's cheap. How cheap is it if you lose your kid? You say, this is a Sunday night message. You won't be here. So I thought I'd catch you while you're here. Can I help you just a little bit? Godless entertainment. Oh, dreaded things show up. Dreaded things like the giants of our life show up. Godless enemies and grievous problems. They're always showing up. Accidents. Sickness. Finances. Marriage issues. You say, I do not have any issues. Then you're not married. (laughs) 
Jesus said, be not afraid, only believe. And when these godless enemies show up and these giants of our life show up and they show up in grievous problems, uh, faith always despairs fear and the society is filled with fear. But may I say to you, our God has got to be bigger than our fears. David said, just sit down, Saul. I'll fight that bad breath, big mouth bully in the valley. Saul said, here, take my armor. David said, I don't need the things of the world to whoop this ugly booger. I think I'll just take something that is tried and tested. Oh, David, what are you talking about? He said, well, I'm a shepherd. And I had a lot of time watching the sheep. So I thought I would master maybe a couple of talents that God one day might be able to use. Well, David, what was that? He said, well, while I was yonder in the wilderness, I learned to sling the slingshot. I could hit a rabbit running at 90 miles an hour in reverse. And I could hit him in the eye. Oh, David, will that ever come up? Will that ever come in handy, you think? Well, I don't know, but if God should ever need somebody with a sling, I want to make sure that I am accurate and available and adequate. Well, David, I hear you've spent some time thrumming on a harp. Just, David said, yeah, I had some spare time when I wasn't slinging the sling. I was sitting on a rock playing a harp. But David seemed like a lot of wasted time. Well, what if a king ever gets an evil spirit. And a king might need some soothing music that only a shepherd boy could play. He might, I I might even sing, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I wonder, how do we approach our giants. Are we ready? Do we want to use the armor of the world? What our kids need is some more dope to slow them down. A paddle always did that for me. Of course now you can't. Don't whoop them. They might have a gun. I'm just saying, in the world that men you're living in, it won't be long till something very dreaded come down the pike. And your Goliath will seem mountainous in size. You can either do like David, or you can be like Saul. You can stick your head in the sand and say it's not happening until it wrecks your home and your kids and your church, or you can cut its head off. Amen. Dreaded. Things will come. Demanding things will come. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Verse 42 and 43. Demanding things in the day in which we live, just like in David's day, demanding things will come 
Verse 42, and when the Philistine looked out about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. Verse 45, Then David, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defiled. Demanding things will come. They might be large enough to demand our attention. They might be large enough to demand our abilities. They may be large enough to demand our action. For instance, the Bible said when that Philistine stood out in the valley and began to brag that David, verse 23, David heard him. Now I don't know too much about people's problems. Oft times, couples come to my office with issues. They don't come to my office with problems, they're always issues. And she will say, I've been telling him for years. And he won't listen. I'd like to say he probably hadn't had a chance to give an answer. But I'll... Had a couple one time having problems. He supposedly had him a little extra affair. She had talked and talked and talked. He has failed to listen. I said, do you know where he has any money put up? She said, yes, I know where $42,000 is put up. I said, do you want to get his attention? She said, yes. I said, take the money. Next day, she said, we got his attention. <laughs> you can't just ignore Goliath, he's there to destroy you, to destroy your home as a roaring lion roameth about seeking whom he may devour. You ignore these demanding situations and pretty long, pretty sure Goliath will get the benefit demanding things may demand our abilities David could have wished Goliath dead David could have thrown rocks at him from the top of the hill David could have written him a 20 minute sermon on why it's stupid to defile the armies of God but it demanded David's abilities to get the job done.
It demanded action. The Bible said, so David prevailed against the Philistine. What are you going to do with your problems? With your Goliaths, with your inefficiencies, with your inadequacies. What are you going to do? First thing you need to do is listen. Then you need to do something about it. Goliaths don't just go away. They come to stay. You either defeat them or they defeat you. Amen? Hmm? Well, I know this is not very good for Sunday morning, but it's the best that an old man can muster up at this age of the game. Demanding things will come. Dreaded things will come. Discouraging things will come. Well, preach, I used to serve God. What Goliath whooped you? Preach, I used to be in the valley, but now you're up there with Saul and the chicken livers. Join the great big crowd of the quitters, did you? But you don't understand. My Goliath's bigger than everybody else's Goliath. No, your God is smaller than David's God was. Well, I used to work on a bus. Probably not very well. That's the reason you quit. I used to. Encourage people to come to church, but no better than you can preach. Well, why don't you preach to them? (laughs) Verse 28. The Bible said when they saw this big foul-mouthed dude, and Eob, the eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eob's, Anger was kindled against David and said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom, now watch this, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? David, you are a shepherd, not a soldier. Keep your mouth shut. You've not been ordained. Why should you try to win people to Christ? You don't have any license. Why should you try to be a soul winner? You've not been to Bible college. Why should you teach a class? David, shut your mouth. Sit down and go keep that bunch of little old sheep that you've been. See, if you're not careful, discouragement has a way of showing up. Hmm? Is that is that a possibility? Things that discourage our ability to serve. You're not you're not worthy for years. I'm talking about years. I walked around with my head hung low because of what everybody else said that I should be instead of what God had called me to be. Discouragement. Discouragement. Well, I I can't do anything, preacher. Everybody can do something. There's no reason why you, if you're a member of this church, you're not actively involved in something except sitting. Discouraged. Well, I tried something and I failed. I bet you're the first one that ever done that. You just joined 
the one and only crowd who tried something and failed. But I'd rather try something and fail and try nothing and then succeed. I'd rather shoot something, miss it, shoot it nothing and hit it. So many folks are so scared of getting out on a limb, they never climb a tree. Discouragement. Satan always, Satan's goal is to distract us. Huh? Distract us. Anything he can distract us with. Our Goliath is so huge that I can no longer serve my Savior. I must stay focused on my problem instead of the Savior. The devil gets us focused on the situation instead of the Savior. The devil throws a Goliath in front of us and he must be bigger than God because we can't serve God. After all, I served God and the preacher never did shake my hand for it. Discouragement shows up Discourage all of our action in service. Verse 10 and 11, the Philistines said, I defy the armies of God. And when Saul and all heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Satan plans to stop you doing what you're doing for God. To stop you in your tracks. Cold. Now, the question is, as I close, what are you doing for God? I mean, what are you doing that's so important that God or Satan would send a Goliath in your life to sidetrack you, to shut you down, to stop you from what you're doing. Stop your spiritual growth. To stop your spiritual service. Stop your spiritual influence. You see, raising kids is not something you do when you feel like it. Raising kids is a lifelong deal. I've got kids that has kids that calls me and still calls me daddy. Not father or slick or old man. They call me daddy. They value daddy's opinion. They value daddy's influence and input. Oh, if the devil can just send a Goliath along your way long enough that you can start looking at Goliath and take your eyes off your kids. Take your eyes off of what God wants you to do. Take your eyes off of what's really important. Guess who's won the battle? I need to close. Didn't say I was going to, but I need to. Please now, don't, don't miss this. This is not just another sermon that I've worked up, okay? Amen. I believe with all of my heart this is a message from Almighty God to us. If we watch our television and we see murder and dismay and thievery and debauchery, as we lock our houses and lock our cars and build our fence cities trying to protect everything, the devil still has Goliaths on the highways of the world. At the workplace and at school, 
we got to realize. We got to settle it in our heart. That discouraging things are going to come. That demanding things are going to come. And I believe with all my heart if we don't settle it now. We'll falter. When the battle begins to rage. Thank God Daniel and the Hebrew children didn't wait till he got to Babylon. To whoop the devil. They settled it before they left Judea. And the Bible says in Daniel 1 and 8, and Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's meat. But all of God's people said, I wish I had time to talk to you about the things that Daniel did. If you're going to whoop Goliath, determination must and must come in order to win. You married folk, decide right now. Divorce, separation, that ain't even in the dictionary. You've got to be determined because Goliath's going to show up. He may, be, he may be a lot better looking than you are, Slick. He may know how to be a gentleman. He may know how to listen to your wife. And she may fall in love with him and not even know she is falling in love because she's never been in love before. Amen. The devil has his Goliaths everywhere. The man who whipped the giant gives us his advice in closing. Psalms 34. And he says, this is a guy, little fair-headed, maybe red-headed, fair-complexioned, little booger, with a harp on his shoulder, a sling in his hand, and a shepherd's bag tied to his waist, standing on the chest of Goliath. And he says, verse 4, Psalms 34, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. Are you listening? Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord ye his saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Eighteen, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth them as be of a contrite spirit. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Do you think maybe this young man is speaking with authority? Could this guy be speaking from experience on how to face the giants in your life? He said, I don't need Saul's armor. I come to you in the name of the Lord. 
Verse 22, we close, and the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Could I ask you today, have you ever trusted in the Lord? When it comes time to die, and the Goliath of death is knocking on your door. When the Goliath of death wraps his cold, grimy hands around your neck, begin to squeeze life from your very being. Have you ever trusted the Lord? to save you from hell's destruction. Today would be a good time to do it. Amen. Trust in the Lord, the Bible said, with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. If you're here today, the Goliaths are going to show up in your life. You can either face them with psychology and psychiatry and biblical principles or next, day, next door neighbor experience. You can face them with the word of God and the God of the word by allowing him to become your savior, your counselor, your guide.